never ends and never goes away. God is with us. And, you know, I just wanted, I'll, I just want to just take a quick moment. Obviously, it's still part of my first year of being here and you getting to know me and I getting to know you. But I just wanted to share this thought with you and, and so that you can kind of get a sense of where, where I'm at. But sometimes, I think most of us grew up in church atmospheres about reverence, like when you come into the church, you need to be reverent. But many of us equated reverence to being quiet, not moving, and you kind of just go into your chair and you just sit there. But let me just share this with you. Let me just remind you that the Bible says that the earth, that, that this universe that wasn't a universe was void. It was actually an earth was void and empty, and that the Lord spoke. He is great and greatly to be praised. And so I want to I want to keep balance and I and I do honor the Lord. When I think of reverence, I do think of honoring God. But when I think about the love of God, that's something that's different. That's a that's that's what consumes me. That's what fills me. It's his presence. And when the presence of God fills your life, the idea of being quiet or being love the Lord and love Him and worship Him and honor Him. And I know we all have different personalities. I understand that. But the Bible is clear about this. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. You might be quiet here on earth, but when you get to heaven, I don't think you're going to be quiet anymore because you're going to be standing before the One who died for you, who gave His life for you, who who forgave you of all of your sins. He took your pain and suffering. So I think and I believe that the Word of God says to us that we're all going to be praising God. We're all going to be singing. And some of us are going to be like, I don't know, look at that guy. He didn't really get into it. But we're in heaven. But you know what? I, I love to worship God. I don't want to wait to get to heaven to worship Him. And so, yes, I just want to encourage you. I believe in that. I believe in expression. And, I, of course, there are people that do less expressive. But I don't have a problem with that either. Just, I just love the Lord, and I love being in His presence, and I'm appreciative of the worship team again who just gave it all in all. Oh, man, I know Bill wants to see my beautiful face. You're, 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 you're messing up the cameras back there, and we're uneven. Where's the ushers, <laughs> Well... Hey, uh, well, speaking of having fun, and, and there, there you go. There's a, how about, I'm Stephen? <laughs> and, uh, you know, reverence, you know, that's just, you know, there's a time and place for that. Let's have a little bit more fun. It is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to all of you. Uh, last week, we had a little bit of fun playing Family Feud, and I need to get rid of these decorations. So we're going to play Family Feud again, and if, if I acknowledge that you got the right answer, one of these lovely, these are very nice flowers. The ladies picked them out. These aren't the ones that will die this week. They're going to last a while. And then the balloons, maybe you're going to go see a grandma or aunt or mother or somebody. Play for these balloons. Take them with you and say, look what I won for you. All right. So let's
let's play the family feud. Just a few uh, questions. Name something that flies. Okay, bird. Who said bird? All right, Andy, you get to take one of these. Love you, Dijon. Yes, bird. Bird was the number one answer. Oh, she's taking it now. See, that's what I get for not being first. But that's great. <laughs> she didn't want to be first. You can take them after the service because these are what are making me look good. I don't look good on my own. So let's play for the rest of these, but this side's all messed up. We're moving the birds. We're taking the thing. You know, it just it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I'm not in charge. I just realized that. All right, here we go. It's another one. Don't take these. These look cute. Don't take those yet. Take them after. Next one. Name something that makes you itch. Name something. What was that? Bugs? What, but you, what was your choice that I said? I thought you said bugs. Bugs. <laughs> I was trying to help you. It looks like Mike's going to have a lovely bouquet for, for his beautiful wife when she gets home. All right. All right. Uh, next one. Name something you eat. I don't think I got I don't think I heard it yet. Rug. 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 <laughs> See that? I, I heard it and I get to take one for your beautiful wife as well, Phil. Awesome. All right, there were four, and if you felt like you won, you could take one of these balloon deals when we leave too, okay? So if you felt like you kind of said that, or I, I think my answer is good, you need to get rid of those. I have one more category, and the answer is not going to come up here because I just saw that I was like, she's going to get rid of the fourth one. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to repeat this last one again, and I feel like you guys are going to understand where I'm going to go with this. But let me just say this again. I didn't hear these answers. These are my answers to this question. Name something you eat. Huh? You're what? Come on, Dustin. Come on. Where's the other one? Right. Name something you eat. What's that? I was looking for one more chance. Very specific. Very specific. The white shot. There we go. There's one of them. All right. I knew I would cause problems for you. So. All right. D Dustin, you're my test fan, so come to me for the questions there. Well, here we go. Today is part two of EQ. Any comfort from his love, 
any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourself. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And that's what we're after here. What a kind of to me a refreshing, refreshing verses in this day and age that we're living in about not being selfish. What a commandment in this day and age to say, guess what? Quit thinking about yourself. Quit looking at what you're only interested in. Start looking at what other people are interested in. Start paying attention to people. And believe it or not, you know, as, as a pastor, that's something I've got to constantly remind myself because as your leader, yeah, I'm constantly thinking about what I want to think about and what I think is going to be helpful to you. But sometimes I just need to be interested in what you're interested in and, and listen to what you're talking about because many times that's God is speaking to me and guiding me and directing me. And it's through those moments of paying attention to others. It's in those moments of setting aside my thoughts and what I want to do today. What do I want to accomplish today? Let's just forget about all of that and let's pay attention to what others are doing. I have to appreciate some people today because they made this uh, part of it. Uh, you know, gave me a good illustration. I was thinking uh, a couple weeks ago, just a big thank you uh, to Jim and Jimmy Morris and John Miller, who joined Pastor Mark and I. Went out on a Saturday and uh, delivered the van to the Dream Center Women's Program. And can I tell you, I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning saying, you know what, I want to give up four hours of my day to drive away when there's a snowstorm. Nobody, nobody's interested in doing that. I know I'm not interested in just going on the road on a Saturday for four hours of my day. But those guys did that because they were not looking to their interests. They were looking to the interests of others. I think about Kaylin this past Friday who loaded up all her kids to come here to help Pastor Heather to prepare some treats for your children. Who, what mother out there is interested in loading up all their kids on a, on a cold winter day to come in here? You're not interested in doing that. But you'll do those things. Why? Because you're interested in somebody else's happiness. You're thinking about somebody else. One more. I have, and it's just because it was a big job, and maybe some of you are aware of this, but we had a, we've been piling snow on this roof. And so, you know, we did that big project to prevent leaks. Guess what? We walk in here freezing and had a leak. That's because when you get that amount of snow, and, and then you get some warmth, and then you get some ice, you're going to get a leak. So, Jim Morris sent a crew over. I, I know Manny was a part of that. That's a part of our church. And, of course, Jimmy Morris and Pastor Mark. And I'm not sure if there was other guys that we didn't name, but they all got up there, and they started shoveling the snow off the roof all day. Now, tell me who's interested in doing that. Nobody's interested in that. But you are interested in saving this church and saving this building. That's the type of spirit I'm talking about. Let's start taking interest in other things besides, besides what we want. And so let me lead you. Here's there's two points that I have to give to you about EQ. The first one, and this is how we become interested in other people, acknowledging the emotions of others. 
questions about acknowledging our emotions, but acknowledging the emotions of others. Now, this, the context of EQ is really where it really comes into play is when we are feuding, when we are having a family feud, when we are not, when we're disagreeing at work and we're not seeing eye to eye, and you know the emotions are rising up and you can feel it. That's really when EQ comes into play. So when you're thinking about arguing and being in an argument, and you're thinking about fighting and disagreeing with somebody, you're usually not thinking, hmm, I should be okay, or am I not okay? Because you're not thinking that. You're not, we're, not, we're not programmed in our sinful nature to think about what somebody else is feeling. And because of that reason, what usually happens? We say something easily. We say something we regret later. We say something, ooh, that was good, but then we're like, oh, now they're crying. Now they're hurt. Now they walked away and never want to talk to me again. Why? Because you were just interested in getting your point across. This is what needs to be known in this conversation, and I'm going to tell you. As opposed to saying to yourself, oh, wait a minute. Maybe I could pay attention to the other person and how they're feeling. We need to recognize that, that we need to acknowledge the emotions of other people. I've said to you before that hurting people hurt people. Have you ever thought about that when you're in an argument or when somebody's hurting you, that they've been hurt themselves? And just maybe you're the answer to their problem. Just maybe you're the love that will calm them down. Just maybe you're the person that they needed to run into. Maybe they've, they've hurt nine people that day. You're the tenth person. This time, God's going to use you to stop it. God's going to use your words and your kindness. God's going to use your patience. Okay, that person, I can't believe they just did that to me. I can't believe they just cut me off. I can't believe that. Wow, they just didn't exercise proper line etiquette at the grocery store. I can't believe it. But you know what? I'm just going to be nice anyway. Because little did you know, they've been hurting all day. They've been hurting all week. They've been hurting their whole life. You're the answer. So really, when you think about this, when you think about a believer in Christ, we're the ones. We're the peacemakers. So guess what? We're the crazy people that are looking to be hurt. And that was an exaggeration, but you get my point, right? You're anticipating this. Man, the next person that hurts me, they're going to get some love. I can't wait till I get hurt again. I can't wait to be cut off again. We're going to get kindness. We're going to turn these things around because we're thinking about others. Now, it sounded like I was really high on Jim Morris a couple of moments ago, but let me just bring that guy down a little bit. Well, it just so happens that he's really helped me out a few times. But, but let me just say this. Jim Morris doesn't have permission to be selfish, even though he's driven his car for four hours he's gathered a group of guys to get the uh, snow off our roof, he still doesn't have permission to be selfish. None of us do. Paul was speaking to us, and he was wanting us to, to become something, not to do something. I think we're really good, and I believe, and I'm with you on this, I'm really good at being nice and doing things for others as long as it's on my list, right? I have a calendar. On, my day, on, on this date, I'm going to be doing this. I, oh, man, I can't wait to do something for these people. I'm going to be really good. But it's when those things come out of your calendar, they're not.
disappointments as well. Those are the moments we really got to practice humility. We really got to practice being selfless. It's it's a constant attitude that we need to have. I wanted to share something with you that's helped me to have a constant attitude about thinking about others. How many of you have ever paid the bill on time? How many of you? Some of those of you can raise your hand. Well, okay, it's not a good look for those hands. But huddle up was something Karen and I learned at a marriage retreat. And I wanted to share with you today. Let's go ahead, Luke, and put it up there. Cut them up. This is how you spell cut them up. H-U-T-L-Y. Yeah, cut them up. How many of you have ever heard now of this great Well, obviously, we had some really good marriage counselors. Well, that were before our retreat uh, that we were at. Our marriage retreat had these marriage counselors. And honestly, they were really good about helping us to remember because this was probably 15 years ago. And I still remember cut them up. Cut them up stands for, go ahead, Luke. That phrase can kind of be silly if you think about it. How many people said that to me once on the drive to uh, Texas? That's kind of a funny thing, right? It makes you feel, you know, lay on the couch. How does that make you feel? And you can make light of that, but that has really helped me, and it's okay to make light of it, but that's really helped me to have good EQ. Because when I'm in a discussion, I really feel like I'm being silly. I feel like I'm communicating my point. But Hanumas, how does that make you feel? Hopefully reminds you that there's another person in the equation. There's another person in the in the conversation. It's not just your feelings. It's not just what you think. It's what the other person thinks too. That is also valid. And obviously this was very important in, in having a successful marriage and having a lasting marriage because all of us, especially in the day-to-day life, we feel like the only important feelings are my feelings. did a good job vacuuming. Did you vacuum yesterday? And I still it still took the little the little gizmo that picks up more stuff. And she said, did you really vacuum? I said, yeah. Yeah, you, she should have asked. How does this make you feel? <laughs> it makes me feel real mad. <laughs> if you're going to have a lasting marriage, learn that. You know, just don't act. Just don't do something. That was a silly thing. She knows how I feel. But uh, but this is an important thing. Cut him up. How does that make you feel? Get to, get to understand somebody's feelings through the process. Don't just ignore them. Just don't pay attention to them. We need to have high IQ. High EQ. Now you can see why corporate America is looking for these type of people. That you're actually looking for people's emotions. You're paying attention to people's emotions. You're, 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 you're doing this. I love verse 4 once again. It says, don't look out for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. Be telling yourself that. Well, today's Valentine's Day, and I, I thought I would remind you that you're capable of doing this. You are capable of not focusing on your interests, but focusing on the interests of others. You're capable of doing that. And, and so it's Valentine's Day, so let me remind you, and I'll share my because I have to remind myself, I'm capable of doing this. I'm capable of ignoring what this book has said to us. On October 16, 1993, that's the date, Karen and I, for the rest of the time, I'll tell you the story, but it's the truth. We decided that day that we would go to 
and I've said in my past, I don't think this is the best plan. We went to the, the, our library at our Bible school, and we got the animated VHS tape, and we may have it here in our church service as a VHS display, but I got a VHS tape of uh, Beauty and the Beast, and we went into the library, went into the room with the four of us, and we started watching it. Of course, Sarah had to sit next to me during the movie, and she reached over over and held her hand, and that was the first time we held hands, and that's the date we celebrate to this day of when we still hold each other, and I remember those days where we had a curfew in our Bible school. We never walked the, the uh, quick way to the dorms. We walked the long way to the dorms. I remember moments the guys would be like, Sid, the Dallas Cowboys are in the Super Bowl. Come watch us. We're like, honey, we're in Arizona. Let's go for another walk. Guys, no, I don't, I don't, I'll, I'll watch the Dallas Cowboys later. I don't think it's in the Super Bowl. It's time to do our nails. And I said, Sarah, the guys aren't home. We need to go play basketball. And she'd say, oh, sorry, gals. I've got to go watch my guy play basketball. Do you remember those days where you didn't care anything about your own interests? Just whatever that person you love and you were pursuing, whatever they were interested in, that's what interests you? Those days are long gone now. But no. We are capable of doing this. We're capable of ignoring our own interests for the sake of others. And I want you to know you can do that too. That's the kind of love that God wants us to have. That's the kind of attitude that we should have towards people. You know what? I'm really interested in this right now, but for your sake, I'm going to set that aside. I'm going to, I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be caring. And that's the type of care, and that's the type of love that brings peace and unity. That's what brings good relationships. That's what will bring lasting relationships. Especially when you get the idea of people who haven't been caring about you. They haven't been caring about your feelings. They haven't been caring about your emotions. And that's the moment they say, you know what, God, give me just these two guys. They haven't been interested in me, but I'm going to be interested in them. They have ignored my emotions through this argument, but I'm going to go ahead I'm going to be the mature one, and I'm going to pay attention to their emotions in this argument. And I believe every time we're reading the Bible and we're praying in the Holy Spirit, He's going to give us the discernment. He's going to give us that ability to pay attention to other people. I remember I had a leader tell me one time, I do not respond to people who cry. And I knew what they were telling me. They were telling me, I will not be manipulated by people. But I took that, and you know what? I didn't really embrace that in my ministry. Because I wanted to always pay attention to how people are feeling. And I get it. I don't want to be manipulated. And uh, my other church, we had a lot of people who would come in that needed financial help, and they didn't come to our church. And yes, many times they'd start crying. But there was something else I needed to share with them. And I, I wanted to make sure they heard that first. And I wasn't going to just be manipulated and say, oh, can I take all this money? No without getting to know them. But I still don't use that idea to ignore people's feelings, to ignore their emotions. I want to be able to always be focused on what other people are feeling, which leads us to the last uh, point of EQ, because once we notice how they're feeling, then we should set out, it's called relationship management. There's a lot of different ways of putting it, but relationship management. And I might look at them and they, I see that they're crying, 
But I might not say, I'm going to give them money so they stop crying, but I'm going to give them the Word of God. I'm going to manage that relationship. I still don't just, you know, just give it out and give it away. And I want you to know that we just don't give money away here at this church. Just give money away. There's a process to that. There's wisdom behind that. There's, there's counsel behind that. And I believe those are all important. And even through that, that's, that's how you, you develop the discernment. That's how you get discernment behind it. That's how you manage those relationships. I'm not asking you just to make everybody happy. I'm not saying every word out of your mouth is going to make everybody happy. There's probably going to be a moment where somebody's crying, and guess what? You're going to have to be that friend that says, listen, stop crying, and let me tell you what you need to hear. As long as you're doing that in love, you're still managing that relationship. So this, this, this idea about paying attention to people's emotions is not just making everybody happy. Sometimes you need to tell people the hard truth, but do it in love. Do it with the idea of caring. And I love this. Let me give you one example. It's in Philippians chapter 2. And this will give you the example that we need to live by. In that same beautiful chapter, Philippians 2, you go down to verse 19. Let me read that to you. Verse 19, Paul says, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Genuine concern for your welfare. That's the key. And I believe we lack it in our society. And that's something that I've got to work at and I do work at every day. God, help me to be genuinely concerned about people. Help me to be genuinely concerned about where they're at. Help me, oh God, to not just to look past people. Help me not just to look past their emotions and look past what they're talking to me about or or what they're doing to me and how they're hurting me. Help me to be genuinely concerned about them. I want that in my life. I I want to to say, God, help me. And, and, And first of all, I understand that in life, Sometimes, you know, we, we look at people and we ask ourselves, man, how can I help them? How can, can I really help them? Is there really something I can do for them here? Never give an excuse for not helping somebody. But just let God use you to help somebody else, to comfort them. To stop giving that. I shared a, a beautiful verse with you last week, Proverbs 15.1. A soft answer turns away anger. Acknowledge that somebody's angry. Acknowledge that. They're angry right now. And while you're acknowledging that, then begin to pray, say, God, help me. Help me not to stir this anger anymore. God, help me to give a softness. Help me to manage this relationship because right now, I want to hurt somebody. I want to hurt them with my words. I don't want to, I definitely don't even want to talk to them. They don't deserve to be hurt. We have to say, Lord, they, didn't, they weren't merciful to me, but I am going to be merciful to them. That's the kind of spirit I want in this church. That's the kind of spirit that will bring peace and unity to our, our communities, to our country, to your workplaces. As far as our church goes, I, I told you that I would be um, talking about home groups every week because it's so important to me. It's, it's, I believe it's the next step in building discipleship in this church. And in your faith. And I really want to encourage you that are online. I know you're online because you're not feeling comfortable yet. 
being a part of the group. And so you probably say, no way, I'm going to employ to join a group of three. You know, Melanie now has set that link up there for you to be a part of a group and you could be a part of a Zoom group. I'm willing to do that with you. But I wanted to share with you two goals of mine that I have with home groups and why this is so important and it applies to this message. I am commissioning you to be people with high EQs. I'm commissioning you to be people who are looking for people that are hurting. You're looking for people that are upset. You're, you're not going to the other direction. You're saying, oh man, while everybody else is running for cover, you're the David that's running over there and saying, man, how can I help this person? They've been angry all week. They've been hurting people ever since I've been on this job. What can I do? I'm not going to avoid them anymore. So we should be people who are looking for hurting people. And to me, I have two goals with home groups. I see home groups as an opportunity to bring new people. Now, those new people might be in this church. And I'm hoping to get to know more and more new people as we progress and as things begin to open up in this country. I, I look forward to meeting new people. And I'm doing my best to get on the phone and calling people. I haven't called everybody, but I'm, I'm getting there. But I look forward to meeting new people. And I want to say, you know what? You need to be a part of a home group. Because I know those who are in home groups already, you're there because you're well-known. And there's other people who aren't. And I want to connect those people. I also want to connect people who don't even go to church. I know this is a little tricky. And I was so grateful this past week to spend time with uh, Trevor and Andrea Stogs. And they had us over. And, and she shared with me how they had that same burden of having a group where you can invite somebody who isn't a Christian, maybe doesn't, obviously doesn't believe in God maybe, or maybe they do believe in God but aren't living a life that is pleasing to God. And, and, and they want to, you know, have an opportunity to invite somebody to a group. I was like, that's what I want to do. I want us to have that ability to invite a co-worker. They might be going through a tough time and we say, hey, you know what? a group. I think it's a, it's a positive group, and yeah, we talk about the Bible, but I think it could really help you. You need help right now. At least let us be a friend to you right now. You know, and, and you know, I want to have those opportunities. I want you to have those opportunities. So when you're a part of a home group, then you give yourself that option to say to somebody, hey, come and be a part of our group. So home groups are so important. If you haven't filled one of these out yet, please do. Alright, this morning I want to end our morning's message with these verses. Let me read them to you from Psalm 31, verse 7, and then I'm going to jump down to verse 21. Psalm 31, verse 7 says, I will be glad and rejoice in your law, for you saw my affliction and knew the anguish of my soul. Jump down to verse 21 in Psalm 31. Praise be to the Lord, for he showed me the wonders of his love when I was in a city under Verse 22, in my alarm, I said, I, cry, I am cut off from your sight, yet you heard my cry for mercy when I called to you for help. Habakkuk, I love that scripture. Wow, what, what powerful verses. Did you, did you hear that? Did you hear those verses? God sees your affliction. And even when you don't think you're in his sight, he hears your cry. He is there for you. He is listening to you. I remember I went through a tough, I, I've gone through trials. 
And I know I'm gonna, there's going to be trials probably that are going to always come into my life. And I remember one time I was going through a trial, and God sent somebody, a very unexpected person in my life, and they gave me this devotion. And I'm reading this devotion, and I just began to weep because I knew it was God reaching out to me, loving me, and caring for me. I remember in another trial in my life, I was cutting the grass outside, and as I was cutting this grass, I was getting ready to take the, uh, I like to listen to music when I cut the grass, and so I was pulling out my, my, my headphones there, and right before I did that, I heard this song, and I just stopped, and I recognized it was a song that God was speaking to me, and I began to cry because I recognized that God was loving me. He knew what I was going through, and He knew what I needed. I want to tell you today that God has the greatest need for you that we can ever know. God loves you. He cares for you. He knows your pain. He knows what you're going through. I just pray that you will open up your heart. Open up your spirit to Him. Open up your mind to Him. Let Him manage your emotions. Let Him manage your concerns. Let Him manage your fears. Let Him manage your, your wonders and all that you're trying to figure out. Let God manage it for you. Let God love you today. Let His love fill your life. Let His love overwhelm you and overcome you. Let His love 